Hello and welcome to The Ball Bags, a weekly podcast breaking down all the news from the United Rugby Championship, the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA and the wide world of sport. Hello and thanks very much for tuning in to episode 2.12 of the Ballbags podcast. Delighted to be joined this evening by the coach. How are you mate? You all good? Yeah, a little bit fragile. All good. All good. Yeah, a bit fragile myself. Yourself? A bit fragile myself. Nice. Um, we're obviously sans the talents of the, the bottom feeder athlete. He had a last minute appointment about five seconds before we were due to go on air. He just realised he had an appointment. But look, we'll, we'll leave it there. Um, so a lot to get through this week obviously we've got our staples we've got our player of the week we've got our agree disagree we've also got have you seen this um, but before we get to all that like what caught your eye this week coach end of note a um, couple of things obviously uh, Tiger flying mm. into Augusta for a bit of a practice uh, the rumour is he might make a, an appearance at uh the Masters um, the other one for me was, was a peculiar one I don't know if you saw it was uh, Byron ended up playing for a couple of seconds with 12 men on the pitch against Freiburg um, Julian Nagelsmann said it was to do with the fourth officials board and the wrong number going up or something like that but uh, yeah something you don't really see every day which is a bit odd yourself Um yeah, it's, it's, what, there's, there's been a lot happening this week actually and, and on Tiger I think the, the key thing is just they just don't mm. know if he's physically capable to do that amount of walking over four days just yet and that's the key thing holding him back I think um, but it'd be good to see him back what's the situation there. with buggies in, in professional golf <laughs> I don't know I actually that's that's one for the the rule book aficionados to, to go back to us on um, I suppose the big thing I suppose has happened this week I suppose the Premier League has announced that from next season they will be moving to five subs per fixture thoughts on that one say that again the Premier League from next season will be moving to five oh the five subs, subs yeah yeah look what did you think I said yeah sorry yeah I I, um, I don't know like it's gonna it's the top four or six teams are gonna be very strong I don't know if the bottom ten have the same depth um, I don't know I I think it's a big overreaction on that one um, so there's an interesting article posted during the week I actually forget who I read it on I think it actually might have been the 42 it might have been kind of relatively close to home and it was like a, a breakdown of substitutions made per manager over the 2019-2020 no sorry the 2020-2021 so last season and Pep Guardiola made the third fewest changes now that's the side that won the league by 12 points so I think the issue is between the top clubs and the bottom clubs is not the amount of subs they can make it's it's the amount of options they have so I don't yeah. think additional two subs is going to make a huge difference how many teams are going to use them all? no I think it's a bit of an they, is there, are they sticking with the I'm, I'm unsure are they sticking with the rule that they have to be made in three breaks I'm just thinking of time wasting back, back end of games that's a good show um, I don't know I just I just, I seen the headline obviously that they are going to because I know that was the rule you know when they were initially brought in after Covid I know it was they had to be made over three stoppages so I assume they'd have to bring the same other thing otherwise games are going to go on forever It'd be a little bit like NFL and there'd be ads at every juncture 
yeah, not, not too sure. Not but it is all about the money. It is all about the money. It is all about the advertisements. Um, moving on, I suppose, in association with the like, obviously, the subscriptions just there in the podcast descriptions. Click the link. But your player of the weekend, who was it and why? My player of the weekend is Christian Eriksen. Um, I think he had a good week internationally. Obviously, he came into the international break, scored a bit of a banger. Um, and he's kind of kept up that vein of form with a, a start and a strong win for Brentford against Chelsea away from home. Um, I think he got an assist there. And, you know, so yeah, look, great week for, for Eriksen. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um, Yourself? Personally, I went Caelan Doris. Um just thought he was an exception yesterday in the Lancelot Monster game. Um really thought he just He kinda he's been I don't want to say an unsung hero, but he's just been quietly consistent. Goes about his business, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much in like the Josh Van de Fleer mold of just getting your work done. And mm. it's only in the last few minutes where like you see the stat graphics pop up like geez, did he make that amount of tackles? Did he like it's just yeah. slowly about his business. It's just great to see. Great player. If you had to give it to one of them, um, oh, that's a tough one. Maybe turn that question to yourself. What do you think? Because I mean, for Ericsson to come back, but then we, we do a lot of talking about Ericsson, not me as well. Like, um, I, like I'm not against giving it to Ericsson. Um, especially as it was like, if Leinster beat Munster, it's not a shock result. That Brentford result was a bit of a shock yeah, result. To be fair, true. So I probably yeah. would have known she's giving it to Ericsson. I just, yeah, I just wanted to give Caelan Doris basically a, a subtle nod. Um, okay then, congratulations, Christian Ericsson. Ericsson, you, heard, uh, you can add this to your trophy cabinet, the ball bags player of the week. Yeah, and your uh, LinkedIn page. Yeah, better. LinkedIn is important, obviously, if you're looking for a career after football. Um, so I was kicking it on then to agree to disagree. I might jump in first, if that's yes, all right. Yes, sir. So it's going to be the coaches' rises and fallers. Um, but I just wanted to have a quick look at I suppose the URC we're kind of round 15 um, just quickly run through the results so the Cell Sea Sharks 51-3 to against the Dragons Glasgow Warriors 40 points to 12 against Zebra Bennett and Connacht great win for Connacht in the end um, being victorious there 21-17 to Vodacom Bulls obviously dispatched of Ulster 34-16 the Emirates Lions had a Bit of a ding-dong against Edinburgh and finished up there 15-9. Then just the final scores then over the course of Saturday evening. DHL Stormers 29, Ospreys 13, Munster 19, Leinster 34. And the Scarlets, victors over Cardiff Rugby 35-20. to So I suppose we're now kind of getting to the nitty-gritty. There's about, there is four rounds technically left but there's a few Covid refixtures to be played like I actually think that Munster Leinster game was the reorganised fixture from Stevens's day yes when, I think you're right I think it might have been um, and obviously we're going to have a, a slight break this weekend there is still some fixtures but with the, the first leg of the quarterfinals of the European Cup so I suppose coach thoughts on the URC to date given it is it's maiden year well if you take if you take it off the pitch I like everything they do on media I do like um, social media their website's pretty cool um, it's kept up to date it's modern their app is, is good like I mean 
didn't really see okay it's a different era probably um you know with the pro 12 and all that sort of stuff but i do like that side of it and everything they're doing off on, on that on the pitch though it's being good it, it's not being bad or it's not being terrible but i think it can be better um it's the year that's very it's yeah yeah very high scoring games to previous years yeah um, um few, few which can only attract yeah it can only attract i suppose um attract more viewers and you know, American viewers is kind of I think what I think if you're reading between the lines that's probably the market they're looking to crack um, but look I, look I, I wouldn't give them a gold medal but they're they're nearly there like yeah I think like there's been some like they promised with this tournament that there'd be no fixtures within international windows Um. Mm. So like you've had clubs over in South Africa, Sands, their Six Nations stars, for one for a better term, over the last few weeks. That was kind of that kind of was a byproduct of the Omnicon variant and the disaster that they had because it was an absolute disaster just before well, late November, just before Christmas. I think as a concept there is something to it. It still needs a bit more fine tuning. Yeah. Um I think we could be in a unique situation where the regular season as such was very meh. Like, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It's was okay. Um, but the playoffs and the kind of knockout stages could be something to watch. Because you'd imagine all the clubs will have their full complement of stars. So, Leinster versus the Blue Bulls could be a classic. Do you know what I mean? Or Yeah. I think we could be heading that way. Um, How does this next round work then in terms of the knockout part? So I know you, you said at the start of the season, but remind me again, so what happens to the South African teams? So it's it's been subdivided into to four, four shields. shields. Yeah. Um, so to my knowledge, basically it's the top eight go through. And the only exception is if one of the shields winners finishes outside the top eight. So that would mean that someone could technically if we look at the table now it's probably the worst <laughs> like uh, we've no Welsh side in the top eight we will need a Welsh side in okay. the playoffs because they will win the Shields uh, like we, the Scottish Italian Shield should be okay because Glasgow are third Edinburgh fifth obviously we've three Irish sides in the top four and then six, seven, and eight are occupied by South African sides. It's actually the the Welsh sides that have been the big letdown for us um, this season. Um, I think could could that could it potentially mean that a Leinster or a Munster have to go back to South Africa again for not get rugby or no? I don't think so. No, not not what Munster could well um, be facing a trip to South Africa for a knockout fixture. Leinster. <laughs> wouldn't um, just based on their seeding so they'd be the top of the table now they do have Leinster do have an incredibly I'd view it as a a tough run of fixtures over the next I was looking at it this morning Let's see if I can dig it out um, so obviously played Munster last night um, and then this weekend they're going into the first round for two leg tie against Connacht now look they should win it but it's still it's two yeah. would be tough fixtures on back to back Fridays they then head off to South Africa 
for two weeks. Play the Cell, Cell Sea Sharks and the DHL Stormers. Two of the stronger sides, to be fair. And then they round out the league table by playing Munster in the Aviva to end it off. And then they head into the playoffs. You're also going to throw in, you're assuming they get by, by uh, Connacht. Um, we don't know who then they'll play in the semi-finals of the European Cup. So Leinster do have an incredibly tough run in to the end of the season. Now look, if you're battling out for silverware, you're going to have an incredibly tough run into the season anyway. So Yeah. What, what, is there anything you'd like to see change? I think if they were able to deliver on what they promised. Now, I don't blame them for not delivering on what they promised. I think it would be a better product. Like, you think to when the start of the season, South African sides couldn't get a win on European yeah. shores. Fast, yeah, forward to like the, them, yeah. fast forward to like the last two weeks, there's been one victory on South African soil, and that's Edinburgh. So it's a difficult one because of the international rugby calendar. It, it, they need to think around with the fixture list, and we do need to kind of ensure we have as many stars on the pitch as possible. And I think they can do it based on what they promised. It's just they're suffering for the Omicron variant basically in November still. But yeah, no, I, I, I like it. We're starting to see fans back in South Africa as well, which we haven't had. So. I think I think it's trending in the right direction. Yeah, trending in the right direction. But like like what you said, yeah, I do I do enjoy a lot of what they've done off the field, marketing yeah. side, the kind of, and even the production quality on say Premier Sports, I think is is very good. Um, yeah, it's been great to get the access as well. I know, okay, sometimes it's on TG Car and whatever, but it's great. To have, it feels like we've more access. Maybe we just know about it more. Mm. In the past, you you probably. There was nothing attractive about watching a Pro 12 game on TG4 or even RTE at times. Um, but there you, 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 you turn it on to watch it now if you knew, you know? Mm, yeah, fair. And like, like I do kind of like the, the pushing fixtures away from Sundays as well, which I do like. Um, you kind of have like a Super Saturday. If you're, at, if you're at a loose end and there's nothing else on, you can sit yeah. down and watch rugby for the day, basically, which is just good. They don't have a lot of clashing timelines. Uh, kickoffs like the one or two fixtures maybe at the same time but they won't they'll try and stagger the, the play the times so you can watch as much rugby as you want which I do enjoy to be fair it, it would seem that we are probably looking at South Africa coming into Europe for a competition would you think now with this and everything as in Inter- well they'll, in, they'll internationally be in, well they'll be in the European uh, Cup next season sorry what I mean is in, internationally like as, we're kind of making waves for South Africa to go into Six Nations, possibly, or... This has um, been lobbied, I think, but uh, I just don't know if it's going to work. I think logistically, it's... It's 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 mad. Like, unless they want to maybe set up a base in, say, maybe Spain for the Six Nations Champions. Chips, I don't know, play out the new Camp. Play out some... I'm sure they can get a deal done with some stadium in Spain. Um, The climate will probably suit the South Africans. Yeah, you know, it's just fair to say. Um, like I think that is the ultimate aim of South African rugby. Touching this a few times before, they felt neglected by Sanzar um, during the COVID, especially mm. 
what had been done to Argentina to accommodate Argentina for the rugby championship wasn't kind of offered the same to South Africa so there is that kind of ill will feeling now I do think it's probably not a great thing for, for rugby if the Six Nations becomes the Seven Nations or worse yeah. again we lose Italy yeah I think uh, I'd sooner prefer the uh, two tier model with the uh, Romania, Spain, Portugal you know scrapping it out for a promotion mm. give them the opportunity you know yeah yeah no, I agree with you on that one. Um, yeah, I suppose it was just a brief look at the URC, I suppose. I kind of had a few questions lobbied for the other fella. Um, but he's, he's, he's let us down. He's let us down. So uh, we might swing on maybe to the, the coaches, Roses and Fallers. Ooh, you've caught me on there. Um, so... Yes, risers and fallers. Um, obviously, this morning, well, we were obviously recording on a Sunday evening, we had Celtic and Rangers, Celtic in the old firm getting the win 2-1. Um, it was probably married by some, uh, embarrassing probably is the term, fans uh, throwing glass bottles onto the pitch or broken glass bottles, um, which probably ruined a decent game. I didn't get to see all of it myself, seeing bits, but... Um, I want to know it's old firm on the rise or the fall that's so when you opened with Celtic Rangers I thought you were going to go sectarianism on the rise or the fall um, <laughs> nah I'm joking um, quality football is not great um, it's effectively a top of the table championship fixture with the craziest amount of passion you've ever seen yeah is it, going, is, is it going anywhere? Because I know obviously they're doing that friendly, aren't they? Like, is it in Australia? It's, they're they're planning to do a friendly now. Celtic and Rangers, it's kind of like the Harbin Globetrotters, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah, I I don't, I don't view it on the rise. I wouldn't say I see it on the fall. The fall kind of came, pretty much came when Rangers got put into administration. Um, yeah. Now it had been on a, a good decline. Prior to that, with kind of the influx of money into the English equivalent, um, Scottish footballers couldn't be, like the the peak was Celtic with Henrik Larsson. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Those years were the peak of the old firm. It was still close enough to of a level to the Premiership, but it's just it, it's like there's so many leagues in Europe are better. Like I'd say, League One is better than the SPL easily yeah, um, yeah yeah Dutch football is better it'd be interesting to see if it is muted about you know the you know the the whole topic that always comes up to sell the Rangers down to England because it's happened with Cardiff and Swansea like I think if that was to happen Scottish football is done domestically you mean is it yeah domestically yeah yeah, yeah just be like the, the Welsh Premier League yeah like, I don't even the know the New Saints win every year yeah TNS, TNS. Liverpool always seem to get them in the qualifiers for Europe but yeah that's what I'd be worried about like would I like to see how, I wouldn't mind seeing them in, in, in maybe the FA Cup or something like that Um, but not there's no reason why they league. couldn't do a do a cross border competition just too many competitions though wasn't there like or they could join the FA Cup with the League Cup mm. 
Mm, interesting. Moving on. Um, so, we have two new teams into the Premier League. Um, we have Fulham and Bournemouth uh, coming up. So, not so much the rise or fall. Like, they're on the rise, obviously, because they're coming to the Premier League. Are they going to fall straight back down again? They, they are very much yo-yo teams, those two sides. They are. They, well, I would, it's, it's, it's hard to refer to Bournemouth as a yo-yo side. They went up mm. once, they stayed for a while, they gone down and they're coming back up a second time. Yeah. So you're going to call that me Fulham are the definition of a yo-yo team. It's themselves in Norwich are ultimate yo-yo teams. Yeah. What, so I, what, what do you make of them coming up? Because actually, I actually think, you know, you say it every year, I, I can actually see if Fulham can hold on to a few key players, they could give the Premier League a bash next year. I'd like to see that because I do remember a time in my life where Fulham were mainstays in the Premier League. Qualifying for Europe. Yeah. They had Clint. Big Clint. The original Look. Captain America. Yeah. And, and and Duffer came in for a brief spell there. They had yeah. nice few African players as well. Propping them up in the middle. Yeah, and then you mm. you look back over the years, like they would have had some Steve Malbrank, <laughs> Louis Bomorte, Louis Bomorte. You just get every pa- sticker mm. pack that you'd buy in the shop. You'd always be in them all. Yeah, <laughs> shiny ones and everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, look, they're they're on the right. Like, yeah. It'd be interesting though because I think whoever goes down is going to fall very badly. Do you think? I th- yeah, I do. Because if you if like Norwich, I just don't see challenging for the championship next season. I don't think they're anywhere near it anymore. Um, Burnley, if they go down, I think it's going to be difficult for them to get. Here's back Here's a up. question for you: If Burnley go down, do they get rid of Shawnee? No. I don't think so. If they no. go down and come Christmas, they're below maybe eight, then maybe. Um, okay. But I, Burnley don't have the style of football that is going to go and win the league. Um, you, you look at Fulham, Bournemouth, um, I think like they play a, a nice brand of football. Um, I just don't see... If Burnley go down, I just don't see them getting back up anytime soon. Watford similarly... I think they'd be a mid-table side in the championship and obviously Hodgson will go and they'll probably go and get someone Italian in or whatever but yeah Next I think they're going to they're going to yeah. fall 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 and keep falling Um. so we've obviously seen rumours yesterday that uh, Salah has near is nearer to a deal um, to stay at Liverpool and I'm obviously a Liverpool fan so slightly biased but is Mo Salah on the rise or the fall? So he obviously had a, a little bit of kind of came back from Afcon, never really settled. I don't think since then missed the penalty the other night against uh, Senegal. Ladies in the face, the all that sort of stuff. Five minutes. Yeah. Um, is he on the rise or the fall? Well, the other thing is, can he rise any higher than what he has been? I don't think he's on the rise. I don't think he's on the fall. I think he's kind of just at his level. But I do think he's coming to a tipping point. I think if you were thinking economically purely economically you will get rid of him this summer he, as a Liverpool fan I was thinking the exact same thing and like maximum asked value about, but maximum it, value exactly it's, it's, like, you don't want to be in a situation 
and I'm, he's not that character. I'm not going to say he's that type of character, but you don't want to be in a situation where Arsenal were with Aubameyang. And I said at the time, it's like we should not re-sign him. We really should not re-sign him. We should let him go, because we had maximum value out of him at that stage. Yeah, like yeah, and I I just think you could go out there now and for four hundred grand you get two or three players. Like you have to remember where Salah came from as well. Like he wasn't a superstar when he came to Liverpool. Um, yeah. and I don't see why you couldn't do it again with two or three signings. Um, you've also got Jaw waiting in the wings. What's that? You've also got Jaw waiting in the wings, like. And Luis Diaz as well. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, Jota probably finds himself fighting for his place, which is odd. Mm. Do you? Yeah. I just I do think Liverpool need to be careful. Oh, that being said, though, because I think the margins are so fine at the position where Liverpool are. They don't have the, I suppose, spending power of like a, it's it's American money. We've talked about it before, like yeah. so they don't have if if. They let them go and the replacements don't quite live up to Salah and Mane. Say, for example, they got rid of Salah and Mane. Yeah. They don't have that war chest to go, right, let's just bring them in in, in January. Yeah. They have to be very... that They have to nearly be sure that they're, they're very confident in a replacement. Yeah. yeah. More so than uh, just letting them go because, well, look, we can just buy whatever we want type thing. So. And I think um, it will get tighter now in Newcastle too. You think which? It will get tighter now with Newcastle. In terms of like, there's so many more attractive options for players. If that makes sense. Okay. Um. So Liverpool won the women's championship today. They get promoted to the WSL. I've had a glance. Obviously, TV is a lot more prominent with women women's Premier League or the WSL, I should say. Apologies. And um, the women's Super League. Women's. Um, is female sports on the rise of the fall at the moment? I think it is. Um, I think it's the thing we've a long way to go. But yeah, there was increased coverage. Um, not just on the TV, but even on social media. You kinda, it can, it kind of is on your feed more, more mm-hmm. often. It's just increased visibility. Like it's, it's what the idea of the 2020 project was, was just more visibility in women's sport. And hopefully... Like we've still got a long way to go in terms of like professionalism and making sure these girls don't have to work or you know that they're looked off they're looked after off the field too and um, but i think that is starting to come that's that's women's sports across the board to be fair though it's not just yeah I, I sometimes wonder should they play a different season to men's to get people in the grounds like so if you live in i don't know the midlands and aston villa have a women's team like and they're playing the same weekend. There's a lot going on in around the Midlands and Birmingham. Like, you're probably, the time's not there. So, if they flip the season, I wonder, are they onto a winner there? Like, because if you do look at the grounds, they do, a lot of them do look empty. I know we had, I know we had Barca and Madrid last week. Yeah, world record attendance and all that sort of stuff. But that that's a, that's, um, you know, unusual. Really unusual. Like, mm. but if you look at the WSL on Sky or BT or whatever, like, uh, the grounds don't seem very full like and they're playing in big enough stadiums to be fair to them um, well, but I just, I just go on what I was going to say is that kind of part of the issue too and I'm not being smart but if you put them in a smaller stadium and have more people in the fixture do you know what I mean like a full stadium yeah even if it's only 15,000 is a better spectacle than a half empty stadium at 40,000 yeah no I hear you but 
I the theory I'm wondering is if you're a Villa fan and are you going to go and see the two your two teams playing the weekend or if the men play in you know the season they've got now and the women play through the summer are they more likely to you, you'll go to both like I think um, the issue is more the casual fan I don't think it's the like the person who loves their club probably always at least kept an eye on the women's fixtures yeah Do you know what I mean like the diehard like the same as he keep a score on the academy scores or whatever those diehard fans they're not really the issue they'll try and get down to as many games as possible yeah but it's it's the casual fans you need to get back in and I don't know maybe it's not maybe it's not uh, a different season but maybe it's uh, it's more astute times maybe I don't know like could you could you have a set time and I don't know what the time is like if you if you're the fixture now at 7 o'clock on a Sunday evening yeah is that prime time switching off from Super Sunday yeah I hear you or Friday night fixtures if you had Friday night fixtures as your staple yeah it's kind of that's, yeah that's time. probably a good and, and it's, it's also weird because like, we, in the GA we see double headers the whole time that we don't ever see double headers in the UK they, or in England. They've done it in the NRL quite successfully this season. Um, they've had they they do in the same. Yeah, yeah. Don't they bring in four teams and play at one? Yeah, one stadium. Had, wherever. I like that. I like that idea. Yeah. They've had double header women's fixtures and stuff, and it's it's good. And they they've kind of marketed it well. They're kind of well, not marketed well, but they've organised it well that it's it's a replication of the men's fixture where possible. So even the visiting sides will get down early to watch the women. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that makes sense. It's a good idea, that actually. Yeah. Um. It's like the miners. Very interesting. Out before the seniors. What? It's like the miners out before the seniors. What was that? Yeah. Um. And then I just wanted to say Boston Celtics there on the rise. That that was the last one really. Uh. The Celtics are. They're on the fall now actually. After this last two in a row. Mm, they're still on the rise. They're actually playing right now, I think, are they? This week. Did you say they're playing the books? But that was this week's rise and fall, Sasquatch. Fair, fair, fair enough. I think it's it's uh, it's been sharp, sweet, and hopefully effective. Um, the last thing just to touch on, I suppose, in partnership with usasports.co.uk. Last night, obviously, Atletico Madrid faced off against Deportivo Alves. Correct me if I'm wrong. And the Wanda Metropolitano paid an incredible tribute to Carlos Simeone, obviously father of Diego. Um, put the link in the podcast description. It's kind of spine tingling stuff. I felt anyway. I don't know about you, coach, but uh, yeah. it did. Uh, Say magnifique. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, that's uh, that's pretty much it from me. I don't know if you had anything else, coach. 